Welcome to the Writing Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Stacy, and every second and fourth Saturday of the month, tune in as we interview indie and traditional authors from across the social media writing communities of Instagram and Twitter. We hope you'll enjoy this episode and find some great reads to add to your to-be-read list this season. Raw, precise, unbiased. That's our friends at Scribblesworth Book Reviews. Scribblesworth is not only a safe haven for writers where they can get free tools, knowledge, and resources to help themselves, but also a place to help each of their clients to reach more readers with less and less effort over time. Check out their book reviews, e-magazine, awards, articles, and more. Just visit scribblesworth.wordpress.com or follow Julio Carlos on Twitter at Julio underscore reviews. Because we all have a story, Scribblesworth Book Reviews wants to read yours, and the Writing Wall Podcast wants to share it. What is your story? And welcome to the Writing Wall Podcast. I'm here with award-winning fiction author Thomas Kelso of North Carolina. Thomas, welcome to Season 7, and thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you, Stacey. I really appreciate this opportunity to talk with you. Well, it's certainly our pleasure. Can you share with listeners a little about yourself, where you're from, or where you're living, and the genre you write? Well, I write uh, thrillers, specifically medical thrillers. I am a practicing orthopedic surgeon, and I currently live on the southern coast of North Carolina in Brunswick County, where my wife and I have resided since 2012. Prior to that, I lived in, well, my wife and I lived in Missouri for a decade, and then before that in Virginia. My dad was a career naval officer, and we kind of moved around a lot when I was a kid, so it's hard to call one place home, but I grew up. Uh, and went to high school in Virginia Beach. So that's the closest thing I call home. And from there, I went to Virginia Tech and ultimately University of Maryland Medical School. And uh, I went to med school on a Armed Forces professional scholarship, which uh, was sponsored by the Navy. So I owed them some to pay back time once I graduated. And I spent nine years on active duty in the Navy uh, before uh, finishing my obligation. And after that, I, I went to the Midwest, Missouri, like I said before, and stayed there for a decade before moving back back to the East Coast. That's kind of my long story short there. Tell us about your books and what they're about. So I, uh, you know, when I went to college, I, well, I've always wanted, I've been a voracious reader all my life, as probably most authors have. And I grew up reading my mom's like mystery and thriller books that she would leave around the house. And so Alistair McLean and, you know, um, 
Ken Follett, things like that. Before that, I was a Hardy Boys addict when I was a young kid. I read every every volume of the Hardy Boys multiple times. And any other junior detective series I could get my hands on. So I kind of knew I was going to write right in that genre. And I always had this sort of desire to write a novel, although I, I'd never really put it to the test until a few years ago. I minored in English in college. And so I kind of always loved, loved that sort of, you know, that, my brain works like that. I, I, I love reading and writing. And it, I got caught up in my medical career and family and all that, like a lot of people do. And it really wasn't until 2014 that I decided I was going to try to write a novel. And so I sat down right in this room now where I'm sitting right now in 2014 and just started working on the book that I always wanted to write, but, you know, never seemed to find the time to do it. And that's what the, my first book, Fractured, ultimately turned out. It was, wasn't for about three and a half years later that it came out. But uh, during that time, I had to sort of teach myself how to write a, write fiction and write a novel. And that was one incredible learning experience, one that's continuing today. With every book I try to write, you know, you learn something new. But that that came out in 2018, and it was a medical thriller. You know, my my background and strength and my niche, if you will, is is the medical sciences. And so medical thriller is sort of a natural landing spot for me. And all, all my books are, you know, in some way related to medicine and sort of new, just over the horizon type of scientific discoveries. And I try to weave all that into a story with my character, Mark Thurman. And so all three of the books are Mark Thurman books. It's a series and I'm starting to work on book four now. What inspired your very first story? I mean, there's a number of things. The thing that really inspired me was my college roommate, a guy named John Highbush, uh, published a novel. And we were always sort of academically competitive. And I and we remained very close friends even today. But when I saw that, and he sent me a, a galley of the, his first book, I'm going, you know, if John write, write a novel, because he has another full-time job besides writing books, I'm going, well, I can, I'm going to do it too, because I, I know I can do this. I've always wanted to do it. I'm going to do it. So the, the inspiration became, uh, or came from my good friend, John Highbush, and uh, my, you know, they, then I just started building the story in my head and sat down and started writing it. And I knew it was going to be a medical thriller. My two um, people that I tried to sort of, you know, emulate when I was writing would be, you know, I, my thought process was, can I write a story like, you know, what would come about if Michael Crichton and Tom Clancy got together and wrote a story. And that was my my sort of goal. And so I tried to, you know, build a story about, you know, a, a hero, the hero who in this case is a trauma surgeon named Mark Thurman. And he's confronted with this, you know, crazy situation in the ER one night. And the story sort of evolved from that. And I wanted to put in sort of technologies on the medical forefront that are near future, but completely realistic. They're going to happen in a few years. In fact, I've written you know, some of that into, into the story. And, and one of the laboratories at Wake Forest is at the forefront of, of this type of medic, medicine. And I went out to um, Wake Forest and toured the lab. The, the director of the laboratory invited me out there. So I did some you know, boots on the ground research doing it. And there are scenes in the book that take place uh, in the Raleigh-Durham area and Southport and 
Bald Head Island and all that kind of thing kind of comes together in the story. We all know as writers, especially writers of fiction, historical fiction, or anything along those lines, that some books require a certain amount of research. Was there any topic you had to research or information that you found while researching to be interesting? Well, I'm, a, you know, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, and so uh, you know, this is the stuff I've been doing all my career. And I spent 10 years practicing at a level one trauma center. And actually, when I was in the Navy, the last two years of my career in the Navy, I was the orthopedic surgeon for SEAL Team 6, which is sort of the lay term for the team that's really called the Naval Special Warfare Development Group. And I use all that background in the book. You know, all my books, you know, sort of incorporate some of that in the background. But, you know, the the medical research, my son went to Wake Forest, and he's the one that first told me about this laboratory where they were doing what's called three-dimensional biological printing. And I don't know if you have any idea what that is, but it's basically the using a a printer, like you have an inkjet printer. Well, instead of printing ink, you can put biological cells in there and, and print tissue with it. Um, and they can print tissue, they can print skin and cartilage and bone. And this is what they do at, at Wake Forest, at the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine. So I went out to this laboratory. I called Anthony Atala. He's the the surgeon that is the director of the lab, and he invited me to come out. And uh, a scientist by the name of John Jackson gave my wife and I a tour of the place, and we saw the labs and the printers. So I knew this had to be part of the story. I had to put this into the story. And the other thing that I I felt that I needed to do a little background research on was on stem cell research. Because the story, the heroine of the story, Mark is the protagonist, the hero of the story. The, the female lead is a woman named Claire Hodgson, who is a one of the most she's a preeminent cell, stem cell biologist and she has she's part of the uh, University of North Carolina medical uh, I'm sorry Duke Medical School there so she's part of the Duke faculty and teaches stem cell biology at a med school in, in Durham and Mark is a surgeon in the Raleigh area at one of the satellite hospitals of the Duke Medical System fictional one called St. Matthews and he and Claire have sort of teamed up together to help figure out a way to print bone that can heal very rapidly. So Claire has devised a way to put these stem cells into the 3D printed bone. And Mark then does his surgical, uses his surgical skills to implant them into the you know, trauma patients who need, you know, who need the fractures healed. And so one night he's in the ER and this guy comes in who's been injured and he realizes it's one of the the SEAL team guys that he used to take care of five years ago when he was still in the Navy. And that's sort of the, the sort of the impetus, that's the hook that gets a reader, you know. Why has this guy been shot and now, you know, Mark has to help him? Because this guy saved his Mark's life when they were, you know, doing a deployment over in the Middle East at one point. And so he feels like, okay, I can't let this guy down. But that's sort of the inciting event of uh, Fractured. And Claire is involved and they have, of course, the bad guys come and it takes off from there. I don't want to give, don't want to give too much away. Who was your favorite character to write and why? Mark Thurman is, is of course, the hero of the story. And he is my probably my most favorite story but there are other characters that are sort of supporting role characters like john bristow who's his best buddy he's the one that he saves 
you know, in the first book, Fracture. He's a recurring. Jack Ingram is a detective, the Raleigh Police Department detective, who reoccurs in the books, and I loved writing his character. The Claire was in the first two books, but, you know, she sort of, I don't want to, I'm, I, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a, a different female lead in the third book. Uh, Stability Island is the one that I released in December. And so, um, but that's always fun and interesting too, trying to figure out what, you know, what's going on in Mark's life. Cause he's got a little bit of a crazy life. What were the easiest and the hardest parts of the publication process for you? I'm a pretty high achiever in, you know, obviously I've a medical degree. I got a PhD before I went to medical school. So I'm not used to, you know, sort of being thwarted in when I set my mind to doing something. But I'll tell you what, the publishing industry certainly is, is one that, you know, there's no figuring it out. Um, and so the hardest part, I thought, was just the attempt to get, a, get an agent interested in the book. The, uh, you know, once I finished it, I was determined to give traditional publishing a try. And um, so I did everything, you know, I thought I was supposed to do. I went to Pitt, you know, Thriller Fest as a is a big meeting every year in New York, and they're one of the, one of the days they are devoted to what's called Pitch Fest, where you can go in front of like you know as many uh, New York literary agents that come to the come to the uh, convention. You know they they sort of give you an opportunity to pitch your pitch your work to them. So I did that. I wrote like seventy five query letters. I tried to personalize each one of them and. Got a few nibbles, but really couldn't find anybody that was super interested in, in, you know, taking me on as a client. So that's the most frustrating part. And then what was the other part of the question? The easiest part, I don't know if there is an easy part, actually. The, the easiest part is, right, is, is writing the first draft. The hard part starts after you write the first draft, because then you have to do all the revision. And that's when the hard part, that's where the real work gets going. Nothing is more challenging, I don't think, than putting out that first book. That first book really teaches us a lot, not just about writing, but about publishing and about the whole book world overall. Because it's, it's just like this gigantic puzzle, you know, that has a million pieces to it, and every one of them has to fit perfectly together. It's such an incredible challenge, but super rewarding. And when it's going well, it's one of the funnest things I've ever done. So it's so you, know, you get in that flow state where you're just you know things are clicking. It just feels so great. Was there anything that you left out of your most recent book that you can share with listeners? In the most recent book, there was a character who you know the first draft I had this extra character in there that I had to cut out. But my developmental editor just said, you know, this is I I thought it was a great idea to have this character in there, but they said it's too makes it too complicated. So it's got to go. You can you can actually take this character and combine it with this other character and make it one. And so that was you know that was one thing that I had to leave out that I wanted to keep in. So I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, leaving out Claire from the storyline was hard, but uh, I thought she has a, a good substitute. Carmen Black is the the name of the female lead in, in Stability Island. And I really enjoyed creating her character and, you know, writing her, writing about you know, the things that she does in the book. You mentioned Tom Clancy and Michael Crichton earlier. Who is your favorite author? And do you enjoy reading the same genre that you write? It's really hard to nail. Every, I get this question a lot and I always try to like, work, you know, 
give you a good answer, but there's so many good writers out there that I love writing. I just finished reading several books by a guy named Don Winslow, who I think is a great writer. I love the way James Lee Burke writes. I've read everything Michael Crichton's written. Um, Dennis Lehane, I think, is a tremendous writer. I mean, so the answer is, yeah, I do read a lot in the genre, my genre, but I, I love Janet Ivanovich. I love reading Stephanie Plum books. She's, she's so funny. Uh, and occasionally I'll read romance books. But in general, I will stick to fiction. Um, I, I just read uh, some of the books by Mick Heron. He's the one that wrote um, Slow Horses. There's a TV series on that. He's got a whole series out on that. I like um, a lot of books in the espionage and spy genre. So, you know, I'll read... Uh, I just finished Jason Matthews. I loved his Red Sparrow series. That was great. But that's kind of kind of the way I... And I'm constantly reading. Like right now, I'm reading a book by Stephen Hunter, who's um, he's got a series by uh, his characters. Um, a guy named Swaggart, who's, who's um, sort of in the thriller series as well. Um, uh, and then people like Abraham Verghese, who's a tremendous literary writer. He's a physician as well. I also read, I try to read a lot of books written by other doctors because I like to see what's, what my colleagues can write as well. So if you're, if there's a physician that's written a book, I try to get up my hands on it and read it. You're working on book four now. What can you share with listeners about this upcoming story? Well, at the end of Stability Island, Mark Thurman is sort of at a crossroads in his life. He's lost. I, I, I can't give too much away, but let's just put it this way. Some changes have to be made in his life, and he's probably not going to stay in the Raleigh-Durham area. So I have to kind of figure out where he's going, um, what's going to happen, you know, in terms of Carmen and Claire. You know, what is, you know, are they still going to be part of his life? Uh, and then I have to come up with a, a new sort of medical, you know, technological problem that's occurring. And I've got some pretty good ideas with that. I don't want to give that away yet either. But, you know, so I have to f- figure out a plausible way for Mark to get involved in another wild adventure involving, you know, probably some sort of espionage thriller type story with a medical storyline that kind of weaves through the whole the whole story. And that's kind of, that's my niche. And that's what, you know, I'm, that's what I have to do to, and I've, I've built up enough readers that are wanting the next book. I think that probably the best thing for me is to continue the series right now. Although I've got some, I love historical fiction as well. And uh, I've thought about writing a historical fiction book. Um, But I haven't really, I don't want to give up the, the Mark Thurman series at this stage yet. What advice would you give to someone who is looking to publish? Well, I mean, first of all, just don't give up. Don't let anyone tell you. You know, you're not good enough. It's really a matter of if you're willing to put the time and, and make the effort. Um, the you know, and there's plenty of ways to be published. Like and for me, what I ended up doing after being rejected 75 times, you know, Amazon, the Kindle Scout program was going on with Amazon, and back then, Kindle was running a program where you could submit, you know, the first 5,000 words of your manuscript. And they had a lot of readers that were signed up as scout readers and their editorial staff would, you know, look at the the piece. And if they liked it, they would put it up on their bulletin board. And then if the readers liked it, they would vote for it. And ultimately, if you got it, if it was accepted, uh, Kendall would buy the rights to your ebook. And 
you know, that's what happened with me. With me, I was successful and, and my rights were purchased by Kindle. I got paid in advance. And that the problem with that though is it locks you into into Amazon. If you're into Amazon, the the indie the you know, independent bookstores and the other, you know, the big the big five are you're not gonna go anywhere with them at all. So it's kind of this crazy world right now that we're in is you can always get published by going self-published, but if you're going to do that, you got to make sure you're putting out a really quality product. Uh, Fractured was in the, was a finalist for the Silver Fashion Award with the Killer Nashville International Writers Conference. The second book, Hyperion's Fracture, won the award in 2020, the Silver Fashion Award, so I felt kind of vindicated there. And Stability Island is pretty new, so I don't know what's going to happen with that yet but so far we're off to a good start but my advice to young writers is write what you're passionate about because it's you know the only thing that's going to keep you going is your passion uh and uh don't give up on it keep 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 working i know that sounds like a cliche but it's really true especially when it comes to writing especially if you're in the fiction world i think you probably got a better shot if you're in nonfiction. but if you're trying to be traditionally published or in the fiction world it's there are over three million books published every year and it's pretty much of a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, tough hill to climb. Where can listeners follow you and find your books? Well, they can get more information about me and my background and all my books on my website, which is www.thomaskelso.com. All one word, no period. The books are all sold through Amazon. Thank you so much, Mr. Kelso, for being part of our season seven and for sharing your stories with our listeners. Oh, my pleasure. Be sure to drop by our Buy Me a Coffee page for Thomas Kelso Season 7 Extra. It's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash The Writing Wall. And tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a special guest, a Tea with Coffee media author, Jessica Ferreira. Thank you for tuning in to the Writing Wall podcast. This podcast is a partner with Tea with Coffee Media and Scribblesworth. Because we all have a story, the Writing Wall podcast wants to hear yours. What is your story? 